Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. So if I go to an interview and I don't get the job, I'm not mad at you because God didn't give it to me. If I go to the job, I don't kiss your butt because I'm, I'm looking to God saying, God, if you have this for me, open the door, make it available to me so I can be gracious to everyone. I can be loving to everyone. I'm looking to the Lord to give me, to provide for me and to keep me and to establish me in places. Then when I get in the place, I'm still serving the Lord. God, I'm here for you. Put me here. You have a purpose for me here. Help me to serve your purpose in this place. How did you react to the news the last time you didn't get the job or that promotion you were waiting on? Did you thank God for working his plan in your life? Or did you find a place to let your frustrations out and blow off a little steam? Humans are, by design, emotional creatures. When put to good use, it can bring out the very best, or when under pressure, the very worst in you. Today, Pastor Bill says the next time you receive bad news from your job, thank God for allowing you to serve exactly where you are. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Colossians chapter 4, as he continues his message, Employed by God. Everybody come from juvenile hall with a Bible. Ain't that amazing? You go to jail, get a Bible. Go to juvenile hall, you come back with a Bible. So I said this. I said, look, every night, the lights out time is this. The time to go to your rooms is is whatever time it was, nine o'clock, whatever. I said, but if you have read your Bibles and have Bible questions, me and Dion will answer Bible questions in the evenings. And so, you know, as kids would normally do, in order to extend bedtime, they would go read their Bible and come up with some questions. And so we would stand in the hallway and answer Bible questions. And so I got called in and they were like, hey, I hear you guys are preaching to the kids. I said, nope, answering Bible questions, which is within the rules. I read the rules before I even did it, you know, and I had one supervisor was like, hey, I'd appreciate if you didn't do that. So I want you guys to think this through with me. So he'd appreciate if I didn't do it. But legally, I can't really be fired for doing it because the rules don't say I can't do it falls within the realm of the rules. And I'm convinced that if I can't preach Jesus to these kids, I don't even want to work here no more because I'm just watching the system use them. And so it was myself, this other brother, Dion, another lady we found out was a believer in administration um, who she was kind of like the higher up that said, they're not going to fire you guys. And I said, okay, well, how do we know? And she said, this is why it was very hard to employ men in this facility because there's a bunch of young girls. So guys would get fired. Guys would end up doing dumb things. You got old grown men taking girls' phone numbers and leaving. They kept having to fire guys. They're like, so they they need guys that are going to, you guys aren't going to get fired. They can't afford to. And so I I said, all right, we're going to keep doing it. I did that until I left that job. And I would go up at every night. We got Bible questions. We got Bible answers. And we would do that. Now, at that point for me, I believed I was serving a higher purpose, right? I wasn't breaking rules. But I was kind of, you know, I had someone that didn't really agree with what I was doing. In hindsight, God used that job to stir my heart. And I went from that job into youth ministry for like for 12 years, you know, where I could preach to kids without any you know, restriction whatsoever. And so God used that to stir my heart up. I say that to say this. It's important that we do whatever we do in the fear of the Lord. God, I fear you. I care about what you think. I want to do what you want me to do. If you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. If you tell me not to do it, I'm not going to do it. I fear you. You're you're really my boss. I'm never under man. I'm always under God. Y'all understand that? If some people could get that in their spirit, 
right? You would never be mad at a person. You would never go to an interview and don't get the job and be like, oh, they didn't give me the job because of this. Nope. I believe this, right? The Bible says in Proverbs that the hearts of the kings are in his hands. And like the rivers of water, he turns them wherever he wishes. I believe it's Proverbs 21.1, is it? 21 verse 1. So God says, look, the hearts of those that are in authority over your life are in my hands. I turn them wherever I wish. I'm in charge. So if I go to an interview and I don't get the job, I'm not mad at you because God didn't give it to me. If I go to the job, I don't kiss your butt because I'm, I'm looking to God saying, God, if you have this for me, open the door, make it available to me so I can be gracious to everyone. I can be loving to everyone. I'm looking to the Lord to give me, to provide for me and to keep me and to establish me in places. Then when I get in the place, I'm still serving the Lord. God, I'm here for you. Put me here. You have a purpose for me here. Help me to serve your purpose in this place. And this is what I'm saying. I titled the message employed by God. If you will take your job and treat it like you're employed by God. God, when you go to work tomorrow, when you guys go Monday morning, then you pray on the way to work. God, what would you have me to do? How do you want to use me in this place? Let it be your mission field. God, you're sending me here. I'm, a, I'm probably one of few Christians in this place. Who do you want me to talk to? Who should I befriend? Who should I reach out to? Who can I be a witness to? How do you want to use me in this place, God? And you go to work with that mindset. I guarantee you got to make work exciting. Got to make work something purposeful. He'll beyond somewhere you go to make a paycheck so you can live from week to week. God will give purpose to your work even beyond just that. If we'll go seeking him, maybe you're just a student that can carry over into your student life. God help me. To, I'm one of the students here that knows you use me here. Let me go. Let me be a student in your name. Let me walk in the fear of God in this realm. And so moving on, look at verse 23. It says, and whatever you do, whatever you do, it says, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord, you receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. He says, whatever you do, do it hardly. That word hardly means do it with all your heart. And so this takes it, you know, beyond the realm of just work. God says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Y'all know God don't want no half steppers. God is not into that. He don't want nobody going halfway. He don't want nobody half stepping. God likes it when God wants his kids to be all out. He wants us to be passionate. God wants us to do what we do with, with, a, with a vigor and a fervor with everything we got heartily. Do it with all your gossip. Whatever you do, if you're going to put your hand to do it, do it with all your heart or don't do it at all. Do it with everything you got. Do it with all your heart. And he gave some instructions. Don't do it like you do it for men. Do it like you do it for me. Do it as though you're doing it for me. Don't do it for them. Do it for me. And it's a different kind of motivation. One time my son had a karate tournament. And, you know, I'm always trying to motivate my kids. I want them to, everybody, when your kids play sports, you want them to win. You want them to do good. So I'm seeing the competition is stiff. And I see who the competition is stiff with. So this is what I told my son. I said, man, come here. I said, I want you to pretend like that. Because, <laughs> you know, he's not really fighting with aggression. He's fighting just point fighting to win. I said, hey, man, I want, you to, I want you to fight that kid like he just slapped your mom. Right? And I'm like, and, I, and I'm, and I'm, hey, he slapped your mom and I'm watching how you deal with it. Right? So I want you to go, that, that kid just slapped your mom. Now you got to go fight him. And I was just, I needed to stir it up a little. I needed him to come with some, and he came with the fire. Because if somebody slapped your mom and you come soft, we're going to have to, that's what you do, somebody slap your mom, son? <laughs> you know? But he did his thing, you know? But I was trying to bring some motivation to him. When my daughter was younger, she was playing basketball. And both my kids did martial arts. 
but she was playing basketball. She was just going, she was going soft, right? I'm, I'm watching, I'm like, I watch her fight. I watch her put kids in chokeholds and arm bars. And then we're at basketball and she's like, <laughs> so I called her and I said, hey, <laughs> never mind shooting. Never mind. I said, hey, for every steal, five bucks, go play the game. That game cost me $45. She went out, I mean, I kid you like, she went out, it was like, there was no other game. Whoever had the ball, she just went, snatched, and I was like, so you, you know, just, I just needed to pull the aggression out, like, you know, now, now, we, now, we, now we got something to work with. So when Jesus says here, when God says here, look, do it for me. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Don't do it for that boss, because your boss, not, he might not be worthy of your best every day, right? Your boss might really be a jerk. He might not be a great guy or a girl or whoever. And so don't do it for them. God says, do it for me. And this is what I'll say is Jesus is always worthy of my best. Amen. Every day, all day, Jesus is worthy of the best I can do. The most I can come with. He's, he's worthy of it every day. And so I want to come with that. He says, whatever it is that you do, everybody hear that. Whatever you do, do it heartily. Do it all your heart. As to the Lord and not to man. Don't do what you do for man. Do it for the Lord. And then it says this, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. We're, we're going to be rewarded for our service to the Lord eternally. God says, so you're going to receive a reward. Never mind your paycheck. Never mind, you know, accolades at work. You serve me. And if you serve as unto me, know that from me, you're going to receive the reward of the inheritance. We have an eternal inheritance in Christ. And God says, look, that's what you have to look forward to in me. And so do it for me. Don't do it for the boss. You may be at 10 jobs over your lifetime and nothing to show for it when you get done. But God said, but if you do your work as unto me, there'll be eternal revenue for you. There'll be eternal reward for you eventually for it. Again, we, we need to see it as though we are employed by the Lord and that we're able to serve in our jobs in such a way that God honors it. God is glorified by it and God will reward it. And I think here, it, though the context is work, I think it goes beyond that because here it says whatever you do. So I believe that can encompass work. That can encompass other, whatever you do for the Lord, whatever you do, do it with all your heart, ask to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the rewarded inheritance. And I'll just say this. I think when we go with all our heart, it's a good witness, right? Anybody here that's had somebody come do something for you. If you have somebody do something for you and they look like they're slacking, they're lazy or they're going slow or they're milking the clock. You're not blessed by that. But if you bring somebody to come do a job and you're like, man, they're there. They're going hard. There's an appreciation. There's a gratitude for for that. You see the effort that's going into it. God says, that's what I want to see as you go do whatever it is that you do every day. Don't don't have step. Don't do a little bit. Go all out. Do with all your heart, not as unto man, but as unto the Lord wholeheartedly, right? Under doing things with all your heart. There were several verses I wrote, I wrote down. I'm just going to give them to you guys real quick. Other places where God encourages us that, that we would come with everything we got. When we seek the Lord, God wants us to seek him with our whole heart. In Psalm 119 verse two, he said, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. God doesn't want half-hearted seekers. We want to trust God with our whole heart. Proverbs 3, 5 he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The result is in all your ways, acknowledge him and says he will direct your path. So we want to trust him with all of our heart. Then when we search for God, we want to search for God with all of our, but someone's saying, man, I want to know who God is. I want to, I want to know God better. God says, search for me with all your heart. And in Jeremiah 29, 13, he says, and you will seek me and find me 
when you search for me with all your heart, right? When that's your heart's desire to know who I am, God says, you'll know, you'll find me. Jesus wants us to love the Lord with all of our heart. In Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with everything you got, we will love the Lord. And lastly, we want to believe in the Lord with all of our heart. When Philip led the Ethiopian eunuch to Christ, and he, he was confessing his belief in Jesus and his desire to be baptized. Philip said to him in Acts 8, 3, you can be baptized if you believe with all your heart. And he answered and said, I do. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. God wants us to believe in him with all of our hearts. That's the beginning of a walk in a relationship with him. And so, again, just a reminder that with with everything we got, we would give God everything that we have. Now, verse 25, he says, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. So in as much as those who do well, God rewards. God says, and it, it works both ways. Right. If those that are doing wrong, God says, I'm, I'm going to reward them for that, too. For he who does wrong, he's going to be repaid for what he has done. So maybe you have a bad boss. Maybe there are people at work that seem to be getting away with murder. They're getting away with it or not. And God says, look, they'll be repaid for what they've done. Those that are doing wrong, I'll deal with that, too. Just like we look for the Lord to reward us eternally. God says, also, I'll deal with the wrong that you see. It's not something you got to go fix and deal with. So we want to let God deal with that for you guys that are going through Esther with us. We saw Haman, his reward for the evil that he did is coming all back to him, right? He went and made a gallows to hang somebody else on. And then what happened? He going to hang on the same gallows. What'd he get? And so just know that, know that God sees everything. And if somebody deserves it, they going to get it. And you don't got to give it to them. Some of us want to, we want to meet out the judgment that God's like, that's my job, right? I want to do it for God. I've wanted to help God. God, let me help. Let me help you judge him, right? Let me help you humble him. And God's like, no, that's not, that's not your job. That's not your place. That's what I do. We'll let the Lord handle those that are doing wrong. Now look at chapter four, verse one. This is the last thing we're going to look at today. As much as we looked at employees, we got to look at those that are over, those that are bosses. It says the word masters. This is those that are over other people. So in our culture right now, I've seen it become this trend where everybody wants to be a boss, especially if you're in the in hip hop culture, whatever it is, it's, it's become it's a fad. Everybody, I want to be a boss. I'm going to be on. I'm going to be this. I'm going to own my own stuff. I'm going to be the blah, 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 blah. I wish people understood. Now, I'm not against you being an entrepreneur. I'm not against you starting your own business. I'm not against, I'm, I'm for all of that, right? But I think the way that the world says it and the way that believers need to see it is different. When the world says boss, they mean something different. Y'all know what they're talking about. They mean I'm, I'm over you. I'm, I'm all that. <laughs> I'm the boss. That's not as believers what we're trying to be. And if God should bless you, to be over other people. Maybe God does prosper you in business. Maybe God prospers you in something you do and you're empowered over other people. You want to be really careful how you manage that. You want to be really careful how you handle other people, believers and non-believers, right? They're all made in the image of God and it's important to God. It does matter to God how we treat people. And this is for Christians in general. I think it, this is, we'll talk about it just a minute, the employer relationship, but I'm going to just say this as a believer. However you treat those that are serving you says something about your walk with the Lord. I'm embarrassed if I go out with a Christian and we go out to eat and they treat a server bad. I was never treat a server bad. That says something about you, right? 
I'm going to be gracious to serve. I know they put up with all kind of crazy folk all day. And I don't know what kind of day they're having when they come to my table. And it's not their fault if my food wasn't cooked right. They just a delivery person bringing my food. So, you know, be gracious. Tip them. Witness to them. I, I stole this from Pastor Anthony. We talked about it in our class. Pastor Anthony, we, we went out to eat, and this is just smooth. It's, it's just smooth witnessing, right? It's like your very witness of witnessing. So the waiter comes to your table, and he's like, hey, in just a moment, me and my friend here, we're, we're Christians. We're going to pray for our food. So since we're going to pray anyway, can we pray for you for something? And I was like, that? <laughs> I like that. I stole it. The first time we went, I'm like, I'm doing that every time I go out to eat somewhere. So anyway, that's just for free. Thank you, Pastor Anthony. So, you know, it matters how we treat those that are serving us, those that are over us. I mean, so look at what God says in verse one of chapter four. Masters, give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So if you're over other people, God says, be fair, be just and fair. Give them what's right. Don't get over. Don't take advantage. Give them what's just and fair. Don't give them as little as you can. Give them what's just and fair, knowing this. You have a master too. And, and he's watching how you're treating people. He's watching how you're handling other people. Yes, you're in the, you got the upper hand. You're in the authority position. You can do whatever you want to do, but be careful. The Lord's watching, right? That guy's family's got to eat too. And maybe he's got kids and so forth and so on. And so if you're a boss and you're blessed to be over, consider that. Pray about God. What am I supposed to pay these people? What's just? What's fair? What's right? Don't just give them as little as you can, but you need to seek the Lord. God, I want to be a good boss. I want to be fair. I want to be just. I want I want to be a boss that pleases God, who's in the one that put me in position to be here anyway. And so it's not just for those of us that are employed by someone, but even if you're blessed to be over, you're blessed to be the employer. God does care how we treat those that are under our authority. It says something about our relationship with the Lord and God has instructed us here. Hey, be careful how you do that. If you're a note taker, write down Matthew 25 and 26 as God gives an illustration of how the secular, the non-believing uh, Lord over each other. Matthew 25 and 26, it says, but Jesus called them to himself and says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be great among you, let them become your servant. Right. Jesus said, look, in the secular world, the, you know, the, the Gentiles, when they get over, they lord it over each other. You know, uh, anybody here that's if worked in the world, it doesn't matter what the job is. You put a person over another person, they start feeling better. You get the McDonald's, you get a guy off of fries and on the patties. He's like, ha ha. You know, um, it, it does just anything over another person and they, they can treat people some kind of way. God says, don't, don't do that in, in my kingdom. Not among you guys. Right. We're all servants of the most high God. Amen. There's an equality about us. And this is this is why some of the things that Jesus or Paul would say would be revolutionary at this time. In the world at this time, there were so many classes who was at the top, you know, men were at the top. The Roman men in this culture were at the top. The owner of the slave was over the slave. The man was over woman. There was all these places. And God said, look, in relationship to me, God was saying, Galatians, there's neither male nor female. That's irrelevant. Slave nor free. That's irrelevant. Jew nor Greek. That's irrelevant. We're all one in Christ. We're all the same. He said, look, there's equality at the cross. Because here's the thing at the cross, everybody needs the same thing. Amen. 
man, woman, boy, girl, white, black, every, we come to the cross needing the exact same thing from Jesus. We all sin and we need to be forgiven. And so there's equality at the cross. And so we can't get up from the cross and forget the equality. No, I just, I just got put level with everybody else. I'm not greater than anybody. I'm just like everybody else. We had to go the same way. We're going to heaven because of the same thing for the same reason. We received the same gift from the same Lord. And so what we can be is thankful together. Amen. But I don't, you know, I, I'm blessed to be the pastor here. I don't see myself. I'm not over anybody. Jesus is over everybody. Jesus is over me. Jesus is over the worship team. Jesus is over the greeters and the serve. Jesus is the, the Lord of this thing. And that's where we want to keep it. If we keep it that way, then we can all kumbaya. You know, we can all worship together. We can be friends. We can love each other. And that's how it should be. But when we leave here, this is important, right? I don't want you guys to leave here where it's like, hey, we've loved each other. We've been nice. We've spoken well. We worship God together. Then you got to go tomorrow and you got to go into the jungle. You got to go to work. You got to go back into the world. You got to go wherever you go through the week. And you got to, I know we all go deal with non-believers wherever it is we go. So when you get there, remember all of this. You should be different. You should stand out. People should say, what is this something different? They, they should be trying to figure out what is it? Something different. Because as believers, we just should be different. Our language would be different. Our behavior would be different. Our work ethic would be different. Everything about our attitude hopefully is different. When everybody else is talking bad about the boss and you walk in, should be different when you get there, fam, right? You're not joining in, amen? No, say it like you mean it, all right? So it should be different, right? It should be different when you get there. And if you're, again, if you're a supervisor, you're a boss, you're over people, should be different when the boss knows Jesus. Should be different when the person over you is under Jesus, right? It should just be different. So again, as Paul has talked about the new man, and he's, he's brought the new man home and challenged what the home life looks like. Well, now he's taking the new man to work. And he says, now consider what it looks like every day when you get out there with other folks. If I could bring it all down today, the perspective that we're supposed to walk away with from this is that we don't work for whoever your employee is, fill in the blank. But we work for who? We work for the Lord, work for Jesus. And everything we do, we don't do it for people, we do it for Jesus. And we carry that everywhere. We carry that into the workplace. You carry that into the home life. Everywhere that God calls, you carry that into your church life. I don't do it for people. I do it for the Lord. Anything you do for people, you can eventually get bitter or let down or bummed out because people are bad. Amen. Even Christian people, if you serve in church, when, if someone comes to serve and they're like, I just want to serve because I just want to serve people. I just love people. I'm like, no, 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 no. That sounds good. That sounds good. But I know these people, right? You, you need to serve the Lord, right? You need to, you need to be, the commitment needs to be to serve the Lord because people are going to do some stuff. I didn't have knives in my front, back, neck, toe hole, you know, everywhere. So I can't serve people. I got to serve the Lord and, and serving the Lord. I'll, I'll be serving people, but I, it's got to be him. It's got to be for him and through him, and that's it. There'll always be motive to serve the Lord. There'll always be reason to serve the Lord. He'll always be worthy of the best that I can bring because he died for me, provided me eternal life, and continues to minister to me on a daily basis. God will always be deserving of everything I can bring. And so my encouragement to you guys that we would do all that we do for the Lord, having in mind what he said in verse 23 and 24, whatever you do, do it heartily with all your heart as unto the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance for you and I, we serve the Lord Christ. Amen. 
So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege that we can be employed by you, that we can be working for you, Lord, serving you with our lives and our gifts and our ability. And so, God, I pray for myself. I pray for everyone listening today. Um, God, that you would meet us where we are. If we're employees, if we're employers, if we're students, Lord, if we're wherever in life we find ourselves. God, I pray you would strengthen us and help us to be faithful in our service to you, that we wouldn't just do our best when people are watching. You've been listening to A Transforming Word. As Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Colossians, this book is a letter penned by the Apostle Paul. We find him sitting in a Roman prison where he just received news that the church in Colossae was being infiltrated with false teaching that went against the very nature of Jesus. How dangerous would it be to start believing that Jesus wasn't who he said he was and is? This was why Paul confronted this issue and reminded the Colossian church that God's sufficient for all we need. When we think we can't go on, he gives us endurance. When you feel like you've messed up one too many times, he takes it away by his blood. When you're in doubt, he gives you peace. If you've ever felt these ways before, there's hope in Jesus, friends. And the more you dive into His Word, you'll find this to be true. In fact, if you visit our website, calvaryinglewood.org, we have a daily Bible reading plan just for you. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. If you've got any questions or simply need someone to talk to, we're waiting. Just call 310-245-4811. Our prayer is that as you walk through life, you have a deep, personal relationship with Jesus. So commit this number to your memory, 310-245-4811. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood out of Inglewood, California. Thank you for spending time with us today. This has been A Transforming Word.